and thank you, Andy. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's uh, wonderful to be uh, here today. It's always an honour to be able to speak at church, but especially on a baptism service, uh, which are always wonderful occasions. So uh, uh, really wonderful to be able to share with you today. If you have a Bible and you want to turn to the scripture, it's going to come up on the screen. Uh, we're looking at John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6. So I'll just give you a moment to turn to that. course you can always google it if you've got a phone john 14 1 to 6 uh, and it says this this is jesus speaking let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will, I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that's the passage we're looking at today. And let's, let's just look at a bit of context uh, of what this scripture is about. So Jesus, he's just told his disciples that he, he can only be with them a little while longer. And they're asking him where he's going. And, and Jesus, he doesn't really answer the question. He doesn't really tell them except to say that they can't follow him there yet. And then Thomas says, well, we don't know where you're going. How will we know the way? And Jesus responds by saying that he is three things. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we're going to look at each of those three things in turn uh, this morning. Uh, so first of all, Jesus says, I am the way. What does Jesus mean here, I am the way? Well, the way is a route to a particular destination. If you want to get somewhere and you don't know how, you ask someone, well, do you know the way? If you're lost and you need directions, you say, do you know the way? Do you know how to get there? Um, and, and these days we tend to rely on things like... Google Maps and Apple Maps and GPSs and smartphones. Uh, I, I know I certainly do. Um, is it just me? Or when, you, when you go into central London, is there anyone here who, who always gets asked for directions? <laughs> One person. Okay, it's not just, it's you and me. We, we're the people, we, we seem to always get, I don't know, whenever we go to central London, Susan and I, we, I always seem to get asked for directions. I don't know why. I, I, mean, I don't think I look like I know what I'm doing half the time, but, but I always seem to get asked for directions. I even got asked for directions in Marks and Spencer. Do you know where the fr frozen food section is? I don't work here. <laughs> Happened twice in the space of five minutes. I don't know why. Maybe I've just got one of these looks about me. But um, for some reason, I always say, seem to get asked for directions. I always end up getting my phone out. Usually my first response is, do you not have the internet? But that, I realise that wasn't a very calm, calm way to respond, you know, kind way to respond. But um, I always get asked for directions. It reminds me of the story when Susan and I... <laughs> Some of you know Sue, Sue's my wife. We, we met online, and our, our first date was in central London. And um, we met on the South Bank near the Globe Theatre, just south side of Millennium Bridge. Uh, so I'm, I'm from Enfield all my life, so I know, I know London quite well. Sue's was from the Reading area for 10 years. And um, we, we met, we had a coffee, walked down the South Bank a bit, uh, had a coffee, decided to go for a walk, which is a good sign on a first date. And uh, we went for a walk, and the plan was to walk down the, so the South Bank towards Westminster, 
and then, and then sort of cross over at some point around Westminster, cross over the river and walk back along the north side to St Paul's Cathedral, sort of back where we started. That was the plan. So we, we sort of get to Westminster and somehow uh, I, we took a wrong turning. And I, If I'm being honest, I think I was trying to impress her a bit by saying, well, I've lived in London all my life. And, you know, and I work in London. I, I commute into London every day. So you know, I, I know my way around a bit. And, and, and I must have taken a bit of a wrong turn somewhere near the Houses of Parliament. And um, we have this sort of moment where I realise we probably aren't on the right side of the river and uh, we're a bit lost. And I sort of say, do you know where we are? Which is a really embarrassing thing to say after you said all that. And um, I, got, I got my phone out and Google Maps came to the rescue. And um, thankfully, we weren't too far away from Pimlico Tube Station. So we, we got home okay. Uh, but it wasn't a total disaster because I got a second date. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, <laughs> but but in, in that situation, I clearly did not know the way. Um, so, so the way, the way is a route to a particular destination. And, and, and you know, Jesus said, he said, I am the way. What, what does Jesus mean here when he says he is the way? Well, the way to where? I think the answer is in verse chapter two, uh, verse, uh, sorry, verse two. He, uh, he mentions his father's house and he says, I go to prepare a place for you. So really, Jesus, he's talking about his father's house. He's talking about getting to heaven. He's talking about the way to heaven. So when Jesus says, I'm the way, he means that he's the way to heaven. He's the way to the father's house. And Jesus says he is the way, not a way. Some journeys can be made by multiple routes to the same destination. Uh, like, for example, when we travel to my, my in-laws, uh, they live in Kettering. Anyone, any, who knows where Kettering is? Okay, there's a few. Okay, that's good. I confess, I didn't know where it was until, <laughs> until Sue's first told me. You're more knowledgeable than I. It's near Northampton. And, um, and, and usually we would go up the A1. But if there's traffic... We go on the M1. And if there's also traffic on the M1, you can even go on the M11. And, and if, there's tra- if there's a lot of traffic on all three of those motorways, you can even take the A10. So there are multiple, and we, we've done all of those, and there are multiple routes um, to, to, to that destination. Uh, but, but Jesus doesn't say that he is a way. He says he's the way. There's no alternative route to the Father. He says this in verse 6. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, to some people, this might, it might sound a bit restrictive. It might sound a bit narrow. It might say, well, that's a bit unfair. Well, what, about other, what about other things? What about other, other religions and all, all that sort of stuff? Well, Jesus ref- refers to entering by the narrow gate. He says that in Matthew 7, 13. I'm just going to turn to it in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. talks about entering by the narrow gate and he says this enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it because it's narrow not many people find it it doesn't appear as attractive as the wide gate which many people prefer but the narrow gate leads to life And I think the more important question here is it's not whether, well, does that sound restrictive or not? The most important question is, is it true? If it's true, it doesn't matter whether it seems restrictive or not. The most important thing to know is that Jesus alone is the way to heaven. If Jesus says, I am the way, and that's the truth, the most important thing is that we know that he's the way. It doesn't matter matter whether it's it's attractive or whether it seems unfair or, or whatever. 
the most important thing is that we know what the truth is, that he alone is the way. And we have to be thankful that there is a way. Without Jesus, there would be no way to the Father. There would be no way to heaven. Jesus did this by dealing with our problem of sin, by dying on the cross for our sins. Without this, we could not be reconciled with God. There's no other person who could have done this because he lived a perfect life and then died in our place. No one else has done that. No one else could have done that, which is why Jesus is the only way. So Jesus is the way. Secondly, Jesus said, I am the truth. Here's a question for you. How do you know what's true? How do we know what's true? We live in a world that's full of lies. We've been hearing about fake news and that you can't believe everything you hear or you can't believe everything you read. We've got politicians who seem to be known for lying. How do we know what's true? How, how do we know that when something's in the, you know, in the news or it's online or someone posts something, how do we know? Well, the Bible tells us that in a couple of places that God cannot lie. It says that in Numbers 23 verse 19 and Titus 1 verse 2. It says that God cannot lie. It's not in his nature. If it's a lie, it cannot be from God. It must be from someone else. God is unable, he's unable to lie because it's not in his character, it's not in his, his nature. He, he, he can't do it. He's so good, he's so pure, he's holy. He's, he's unable to do anything that's wrong. If it's, if it's a lie, it must be from someone else. It can't be from God. So we know that God is the truth. He can't stand lying. He can't stand anything that's sinful or wrong because he's holy. He's set apart from all sin and anything that is wrong or evil. And Jesus is the son of God. When he was on the earth, he was both fully man and fully God. Jesus was God as a human being. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Look at his life. Look at what he said. Look at what he did. Look at how he was with people. Look at the the compassion he had for people. Look at how he met people's needs. If you read the Gospels, it's just so striking. He just met people's needs consistently, constantly. And at the end of uh, John's Gospel, it says that Jesus did so many things. He did so many miracles that if they were all written down, there wouldn't be enough room in the world for all the books that would be written for all the wonderful things that he's done. That's mind-blowing. That's absolutely mind-blowing. But, but that's Jesus. He, you know, he's the Son of God. He's on the earth, and he, he just met people's needs. So if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Look at what he said, but look at how he was with people. In John 17, verse 17, Jesus is he's praying for his disciples, and he prays to his Father and says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is the truth which means the Bible as God's word is the truth, which also means that anything that is in opposition to the Bible is a lie. Anything that is in opposition to God's word is not true. It's a lie. So how do we know what's true? We look at what God has said. We look at God's word. If you're thinking, well, how can I put my trust? Why should I believe that? How can I put my trust in God? The The thing about God, the thing about Jesus, is that he's not of this world. The world will let you down. The world is full of lies. The world is full of sin and disappointment. But Jesus said, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. He's not of this world. He's set apart from this world. You can put your trust in him because he's not like the world and everything around us and everything that lets us down. He's not of this world. He's set apart from it because he's God. And that's a wonderful thing. We can put our trust in him because he's, he's, not, of, he's not of this world. He's, above, he's, above, he's far, far, far high above that which is a wonderful thing. 
And Jesus also said, he, he said, you will know the truth and it will set you free. Set you free from what? From un- uncertainty, from anxiety, from believing lies that ultimately do us harm. U- ultimately, he means to set us free from, from sin, from the consequences of sin and the power of sin. And there is great freedom, peace and security in knowing the truth. In knowing that this is the reality. This is how it is. I can make this my foundation. I can put my trust in this. I can put my trust in Jesus because I know that he is true. We can be secure in who we are, in who God is, and in our ultimate destination because Jesus is the truth and we can fully put our trust in him. You know, people will let you down, even the really good ones. Even the most wonderful people in the world will let you down because we're all, we're all sinners. We're all born with a sinful tendency and a sinful nature. But God will never let you down because his kingdom is not of this world. He's not like the world around us. He's set apart from it because he's holy. And we can count on him because he is 100% faithful and true. So Jesus is the truth. And thirdly, Jesus said, he says, I am the life. What does that mean, I am the life? Well, some questions for us to think, think about this. What are we living for? Who are we living for? What am I after in life? Where am I looking to be fulfilled and how? What is life for you? What is life all about? You know, some people live for money or for fame. I've just read uh, Matthew Perry's book. I'm sure many of you uh, know who he is. He's he's a famous actor and was in the TV series Friends. And um, he was desperate for fame. And he thought that it would fill the void in his life and solve all his problems. And and he he struggled a lot with uh, alcohol addiction and, and, and later on drug addiction. But when he became famous... His addictions only got worse. The famous actor Jim Carrey said this, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that that they can see that it's not the answer. That's a person who's had all of his dreams come true. Famous, you know, um, done loads of films. I'm sure we've seen many of them. But that's what he said. That's that's his testimony of of what, what his life of being famous is like. But the life that Jesus provides us with is different. And it's different uh, in two ways. Firstly, the life that Jesus provides is abundant life. Jesus said that he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. It says that in John chapter 10, verse 10. And our fulfillment as human beings comes from knowing and being in relationship with God. Life ultimately comes from God. He's the creator of the universe. All life comes from him. And we were made to be in relationship with him. We were made to know him and to live his way. And by doing so, to be fulfilled and have abundance of life. But the problem is, is that when we sin, when we disobey him, when we go our own way, when we try to live a life independently of him, all we ultimately feel is a sense of shame and and ultimately unfulfillment. But Jesus came so that we might have life and life more abundantly. And secondly, the life that Jesus provides is everlasting. The most famous Bible verse, I'm sure many of you heard it, is John chapter 3, verse 16, which tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It tells us how much God loves us and that whoever believes in Jesus, whoever puts their faith in Jesus, will not die but have everlasting life. 
The way to everlasting life is through Jesus and through Jesus alone. And everlasting life starts when you decide to follow Jesus, when you believe that he's the truth, that he died for your sins, and that you, desi- that you decide to follow his way. In a second, we're going to hear from, uh, we're going to have a song, I think, and, and later on we're going to hear from uh, the people who are being uh, baptized today. But, but perhaps just in closing, uh, we can just recap on, on these three things that Jesus said. Jesus is the way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. But praise God that Jesus has made a way for us to be with him. Jesus is the truth. We can put our trust in him and he will never let us down. And Jesus is the life. Through him we can have abundant life and everlasting life. And we have everlasting life through believing in him and following his way. Praise God. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing to know. Can we just um, finish uh, with a word of prayer? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came to earth. Thank you that you came down from heaven to earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to be with us to show us how to live. And thank you, Jesus, that you are the truth. Thank you that you told us the truth. And Lord, we thank you that the truth is that, Lord, you said that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. And Lord, my prayer, Lord Jesus, is that for anyone here, Lord Jesus, who is struggling, who perhaps isn't living in freedom, but wants to live in freedom and wants that abundance of life and wants that everlasting life, that they will find it in you, Lord Jesus, that they will call upon your name and that they will be saved and that they will be set free because of who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Should we stand?